Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring our message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Come on and stand to your feet. I just want to read this to you. The Bible says in Psalms, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, amen? Lift your heads, you gates, and lift your heads, you ancient doors. Come on. That king of the that the king of glory will come and bless you, amen. He's in this house. He just needs you to lift your hands and surrender, amen. Yeah. When all I see is the battle, you see the victory. When all I see is the mountain. You see a mountain move, and as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. Yeah, there's nothing to fear, for I'm safe with you. Yeah, so. There's nothing impossible for you.
Nothing can stand against the power of our God and Almighty Fortress. You go before us. Come on. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God and Almighty. Fortress, you go before 
You know, I'm so thankful that Jesus said that when two or more gather in my name, I will be with them. So what we can know and expect right now is that he's here in this room with us. And I know that many of you have already experienced that today. You've experienced his presence. But I think it's really easy because if you've been going to church for a long time, I've been going for a church for a really long time. I was coming when I was still cooking in my mother's belly, right? I mean, like, I was a church baby, right? And I've done so many services, it's easy to just come in and you kind of like, I know how things are going to go. They're going to do some worship. They're probably maybe a special. They're going to do some announcements. Some guy's going to get up and talk. And then then we go on with our day and eat barbecue, right? And, And it can be really easy to fall into that type of a routine and pattern. But the truth is... When the believers meet together, God meets with us. And, and what, what he wants to do is that he wants to come and touch each and every one of us, not just as a group, but as individuals. Because when we come in here, every one of us, we, we need something. We need direction. We need healing. We need wisdom. Right? For some of us, we, we need health. And what I want to encourage you to do right now is to Make sure that you don't just make this another Sunday, but make this a day and take advantage of the opportunity that we serve a God who loves us enough to meet with us today. And anytime we meet with him, we can have the expectation that that he wants to give to us that we can receive from him. So I wanna encourage you, if you will, to every person in this room, I believe God wants to surprise some people, some people that just came in, it's gonna be another day. He wants to surprise you today because he wants to work on your heart. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to give you direction. So if you just close your eyes with me and maybe raise your hands in a sign of surrender, I wanna ask you in your own words to just ask Jesus, Jesus, would you meet with me today? Jesus, would you talk to me today? God, would you open my eyes to see, open my ears to hear whatever it is that you want to do in me. And God, my prayer is that that you'd heal what needs healing in me, that you'd fix what was broken in me, that, that God, you'd fix and direct me to where I'm following your guidance and your wisdom and your leadership when it comes to the areas of my relationships and, and my decisions and my life. God, help my family. God, we believe that as we're here in this room, you're with us and we thank you for that. that We pray, God, expectantly that you will meet with us. We're so thankful that you're in this place, that we're not doing this just to do this, but we're doing this to meet with you. So be with us today, God, for every person listening online. I pray you meet with them, speak to them, God, touch them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. amen. If you love your God, let's give him a shout of praise today. He's good. This is not just another Sunday. I believe God wants to touch you today. What I want to encourage you to do is go ahead and show yourself friendly. Uh, Shake hands with somebody. But before you sit down, turn to someone and say, hey, neighbor. Say, hey, neighbor. This is not just another Sunday. I want to welcome all of you that are visiting with us online, um, or if you're listening to this at a later time, we thank you so much for the opportunity to get to minister into your life. 
We thank you for being part of our extended family. We can't wait for you to visit with us here in person. If you want more information about our church, we'd love if you'd reach out just by simply texting the word fellowship to 94000. That's the word fellowship to 94000. And we'd love to have one of our pastors get in touch with you and answer any questions that you might have about our church. I also want to extend that welcome to anyone that's in this room that considers yourself a guest or a visitor. Uh, it's funny because I know some people will like sneak into our church for like a year at a time and then finally um, admit that you're visiting with us, that you're a guest and and start this process. But wherever you are in the journey, if you're at a place where you're comfortable enough to speak with us, we would love the opportunity to get to meet you, to answer any questions that you might have. So just stop by our information booth in the lobby and we can uh, get you some free drinks from our bookstores, get you some information about our church, as well as get uh, uh, get you an invite to be able to come uh, to one of our guest receptions. What that is, my wife and I, along with some of our staff uh, every couple of weeks we'll do a uh, kind of like a continental breakfast where it's a meet and greet and we do tours of the facilities really more than anything we're just trying to get to match your face with the name and welcome you into the family here at fellowship church so thank you so much for being with us today i know you have many different options of where you could be where you could be watching and um you're here with us today and i believe god's gonna bless that and i just thank you so much for it. Now, this is the time in our service where we're going to continue worshiping God with giving him our tithes and our offerings. And like I said, I've been doing church for a long time, so sometimes I have to remind myself why I'm doing this, right? I, uh, I can easily just fall into the habit of that's what you always do. You just, you just give. If you're, if you're a Christ follower, he said give, so I'm going to give, you know? But, but I, he really checks our hearts when we give. So I have to remind myself, why is it I'm giving? Like he asked us to be obedient. We find that in Malachi chapter three. But, but when I really take a look at it, what I can recognize is that he's not asking me to give him anything of mine. He, he's asking me to recognize that everything I have is his and he just wants me to return a tenth of that. And when you think about it, you're like, wait a minute, I got the job, I'm working hard, I'm sweating in the mornings, I'm the one that's bringing in the paycheck. Wait a minute, who gave you the health to be able to get that job? Who gave you the the influence to be able to get the job and keep the job? Who, Who gave you the ability to be able to keep the job even though your boss doesn't like you, even though no matter what it is, like... He is the one who provides for us, and he is simply just asking us to be faithful. So as we give today, I I just hope and pray every one of us would recognize God is checking our heart, and he just wants a cheerful giver. He wants us to recognize that that everything we have comes from him. So I want to thank him for that, and I want to pray over you before we give, but I know there are many of you that have financial needs. If if you need some breakthrough financially, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you today right now. Heavenly Father, you know exactly where we are and you, you know our needs and we just pray for your help. We pray for your wisdom and your guidance to be able to discipline ourselves to be able to uh, obey you when it comes to the area of our finances. We pray that we'd see that breakthrough. We'd see those promises come through like you promised us in the book of Malachi. And then, God, we just stop and, and thank you and we recognize, we declare it out loud. We know we wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for your goodness and the fact that you've already provided for us. So thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you. We pray you bless each and every one of us and then use these offerings to just expand the work of your kingdom here in Fellowship Church and everywhere that you're allowing us to reach. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you as you give. Here's some really important things that we want to make sure that you are aware of this upcoming week. 
It's been so amazing having everybody back here at live services. And while the time of being at home and enjoying service online was great, we are back at full capacity and have been for some time. We really want everybody to be back here in the seat, coming together as a family again. So check out this video on the importance of being here together. It's important for me to be here in person on Sundays with my family because the kids get so much out of the kids' services. Um, they um, are actually upset that they do not show up every Sunday. And uh, I just feel that when we feel the Holy Spirit when we come in here, it just changes my kids' attitudes. It changes my attitude, my wife's attitude. It is absolutely irreplaceable. I mean, this place is amazing. Coming up August 8th, we're going to be doing a baptism service. So if you feel like God has been pushing you to make a public declaration of your faith, showing the rest of the world that you have decided to follow Jesus, please sign up for that on the Church Center app. Super Kids Conference is kicking off two day and we are so excited for this event now we are all full there are no spots left so if you didn't get your kid registered hopefully we can catch you next time but if you did get registered please make sure you stop by the 4640 lobby to check them in and get them actually through the registration process pickup will be at the flagpole on the east side of the building at 5 p.m today and then starting tomorrow monday and tuesday pickup and drop off will be at the flagpole as well both at 8.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. So make sure you're paying attention to all the informational messages we're going to be sending out to you throughout the event. We are so excited to have your kid at Super Kids Conference. Starting August 26th in our Two Rivers room in our administrative building is our spiritual warfare class. This is a truly transformational and faith-changing class. So if you have not taken it, please get on the Church Center app and sign up. It's going to cost $18, and that gets you the workbook you need for this course. Again, this will change your life. You will not walk out of there the same in the best way possible. Please get on the Church Center app and sign up for this class. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Well, that's what's happening here at Fellowship Church. Enjoy today's message. My family and I decided that we were going to do this bucket list trip. We'd always wanted to go to New York. We'd always wanted to, to see uh, the sights there and just do all the tours and that kind of thing. And then we wanted to do a cruise out of New York and, and go to the Bahamas. And it was just something that we'd always wanted to do. So we saved for it and we planned for it. And it was just so such kind of a cool family thing to do together is to, is to plan something like that. And so we were super, super excited. And our cruise was planned, uh, was planned or, or scheduled to leave the port of New Jersey on March 15th, 2020. So <laughs> needless to say, we didn't go on that cruise. And 16 months later, they are just now opening up the cruise lines again. Now, I understand that in the grand scheme of things, you might think, big deal, right? Timmy didn't get to go on his vacation. Poor him. But it still made me mad. I was still angry and frustrated. And really, it began for me a year of frustration that didn't seem to end. I found myself angry a lot. I found myself angry for kids that were losing their senior year of high school. 
for athletes that were losing their opportunity to play sports, for kids that were missing their proms and graduations. I mean, so my daughter went to to, uh, Mesa and she went there to get her education degree and she worked so hard at that. And uh, come to find out, she, you know, the way it all uh, fell, she was supposed to be graduating in May of 2020. And so they had this half cooked graduation service that was kind of weird and awkward and, and I couldn't even go to it because they would only allow so many people to go. That's, that's not fair, right? That's frustrating. It makes you mad. Businesses were shutting down and, and many haven't recovered. Churches were having to close their doors. All of these things make me angry. Businesses that can't get enough help because people won't come back to work. That's frustrating. For business owners, that's extremely frustrating to, because understand that their businesses run on customer service the experience that the customer has when they come into the business, whether it's uh, uh, using uh, uh, somebody on the telephone for technical support or it's a waiter or a waitress or something like that. I mean, for them not to have enough help, it's, it's hard. It's frustrating. Families who can't visit their loved ones that are in the hospital and nursing homes, oh, how painful is that? And we heard about that a lot here at the church. And all of these things pale in comparison to those that have lost their lives or loved one's lives from this virus or complications in medical facilities because of the virus. Pales in comparison. But after all this time, putting all this effort into my anger, it didn't change one thing. Everything still happened the way it happened. It's kind of like when you watch a baseball game and a, a manager or a coach gets really, really mad at a call and they, they, they lose it, right? They, if it's a bad enough call, they lose their mind and they run out to the umpire and they start chewing them out. They start maybe calling them names. They're, they kick dirt on the plate. They spit on their feet. They do all those things. But it never in any of those situations have I ever seen the umpire look at that coach and go, you're right, I'll change it. <laughs> they don't. We get so angry because sometimes, it, sometimes we think that our anger is going to change something, that it's our right to be angry. And that if we're mad enough and we say enough, that it will somehow change something. Well, I think that we can all admit we've struggled with anger and frustration a little bit more than normal over the past year and a half. Could, can we all confess to that? Okay. Yes. Now, anger is a reactionary emotion. Most of the time, you don't see people that just walk around angry for no reason. I mean, on rare occasion, you might, but for the most part, that's not the case. We tend to get angry or mad at two different things, either people or situations, right? That's what sparks us, which is normal, but can be very unhealthy if not dealt with. Now, there's something that's common that play right now, especially that plays into this. And I've just wanted to kind of just run this out to you a little bit. There's a myth going around that we are supposed to accept everyone, no matter what they are or what they do. That we are supposed to toler- be tolerant of people's choices and behavior. Now the Bible understands does never, it never says this. It never condones this. The Bible does say a few things. First of all, Romans 12, 18, the Bible says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
Okay, so we are supposed to live at peace as, as best as we can. Understand we will always have situations in our life where maybe we can't be at peace with everyone, but we need to do our best. And we do know that scripture commands us to love one another. That was Jesus's message. He says in John chapter 13, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other just as I have loved you, Jesus said. And how deep was that love? We have to understand though, that I can love you, but not accept everything that you do or believe. That's possible. I can love you, but I don't have to tolerate immoral or bad behavior. And it's not that you don't love everyone. It's just that you may not like how they act, what they do, or especially how they treat you. So I can love someone, but not like what they do or how they act. This is part of the problem with today's society. The world teaches that if you don't accept what I do, then you have rejected me and you don't love me. So in turn, I will reject you. Correct? Is this not what we see? The world teaches that you that you can't separate the person from the behavior. They're all one. The world teaches that the behavior actually is a part of the person, that that's, that's part of their personality. That's just who they are. So people walk around judging and hating each other because of disagreements about choices and behaviors. And the devil loves this. He loves it. It's not easy to love people that are making choices that you feel are wrong and maybe even destructive. But Jesus said, love one another. It doesn't follow up in that verse by saying, love one another unless you don't agree with them. Maybe you don't, you don't like their behavior. Then you don't have to love them. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't set boundaries. And we're very, very big on teaching boundaries here at Fellowship. You can't let people into your lives that are destructive, that are going to cause harm to you, but you still must love them. You can set boundaries and have people outside those boundaries that you still love. You just don't trust them enough to put them on the inner circle of your life. That's okay. There's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with boundaries. And we have great teaching on that in the bookstore if you guys would like more information. But isn't it crazy how people that disagree with each other can't have discussions anymore? You notice that? Because the conversation gets so heated that everyone just leaves mad. Everybody's angry. Now, this is one of the ways that the devil loves to divide us. He loves to have insert anger into a conversation because if you get angry, you stop listening. James 1, 19 through 21 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your soul. Love this. Quick to listen. We need to be good listeners. We need to develop the habit of listening. Slow to speak. Just a bit like, stop talking. And slow to get angry. We usually do everything opposite of that, right? Somebody says something, we get mad, we shoot off our mouth, and then we might listen to what they're saying after the fight happens. We just reverse it. 
Matthew 5, 21 through 24 says, have you heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder? If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say to you, are even, uh, I say if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Jesus is saying murder is bad. It's awful. You don't want to do that. But being angry towards other brothers, that's bad too. Jesus realizes, and he speaks this way because he understands that anger is progressive and that if you keep anger in your heart towards someone, it will eventually end up hurting them or someone else. It's almost like Jesus knows what's gonna happen to him because built up anger is what eventually killed Jesus. It all started because Pharisees didn't agree with what Jesus believed. So this has been an issue for a long time. It's actually what caused the death of our savior. Now as Christians, we should speak the truth and love. Yes, that scripture is true. But also remember, not everyone cares what we think. <laughs> right? We don't have to bless everyone with our opinions. I don't know why we think we need to do that. Verse tw- the second part of verse 22. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Okay, this is what he said. I didn't say it, Jesus said it. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. It is more important to God that you forgive one another than it is to worship him. Have you ever thought about that? Of course, worship is important. Of course, God wants you to do it. But God is saying, if you got issues with other people, maybe your fault, maybe there's stuff that you need to resolve, hold your worship and go fix it. Now he does this because he's a father. He's a father to a huge family. And as parents, what do we do when our kids get upset with each other? It's frustrating. We want them to fix it. If there's a family fight that makes Christmas awkward, it makes Thanksgiving awkward, it makes family dinners awkward, and we as parents just want our kids to just fix it. Just say you're sorry, say you're wrong. And that's what Jesus is saying here. That's what he wants us to do. Now, we all tend to act differently when we're mad. We do. And there's kind of four different responses that we can have pretty much that are kind of lined up with our personality types. But the truth is, if you, no matter what your personality type is, you can act in any of these four ways. The first of which is the intimidator, okay? You get mad, you get angry, and you hit stuff, you yell, you intimidate, you curse, you're the intimidator. You get mad, that's how you react. Then there's the stealth bombers. Well, stealth bombers, we, we're the ones that drop our ordinance and then we leave, okay? Sarcasm, quick wit, cutting words, uh, we usually need the last word. Whew. You that person? The right fighter that always has to have the, right, the last word? Our family's so bad about this that our dog has inherited this trait. <laughs> and he'll be barking and we'll be like, stop that! And he'll be like, 
asked again the last word. I, I, I've gotten into a habit of doing this, which is not healthy, but I really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> if I'm driving and I make somebody mad, especially if I make somebody mad for like a silly reason, maybe I'm not going fast enough in a parking lot or I might accidentally cut somebody off or something like that, just like we all do on a, when we drive from time to time. If a, bad, if a person gets really mad at me and they're like driving next to me and they're just yelling at me and they're like, I just smile and wave. <laughs> and I do that for two reasons. One, I wanna escalate their anger, which that's the part that's not good. <laughs> I confess that in Jesus' name, I'm sorry. The second of which, I want them for just a second to think, do I know them? (laughs) As soon as you do that, as soon as you smile and wave, they usually stop because they're thinking, oh, no, 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 I I probably know them, I need need to shut up. Proverbs 17, 14 says, starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate to stop before, uh, so stop before a dispute breaks out. Now, guys, how many of you have, have wives that tend to almost get you in a fight that you can't finish? <laughs> Nobody, every guy in here is afraid to say it's me. <laughs> Seriously, how many times are you trying to de-escalate a situation, but your wife just, you just, and because they think that you can protect them. If my wife were to get me in a fight, I would throw my shoulder out and pull a hammy in like the first five seconds. I would be absolutely worthless. And sometimes those roles are flipped. I mean, sometimes the guy, you know, the wife's trying to de-escalate it. And, and, and so, so it can work both ways. But understand, be at the best you can do, be at peace with everyone. That's what the scripture says. Then there's the trash compactors. Okay, we all have trash compactors in our life. They're the ones that stuff anger. You sweep things under the rug. You just hope the problem goes away. Those are our phlegmatics. Where the sanguines are kind of the stealth bombers and the clerics are kind of the intimidators. The phlegmatic is usually the one. They want peace, but they usually take the issue and they just bury it, hoping that it will go away. But does it ever go away? The longer it sits there, the more it's gonna stink. The more it's gonna raise its, its ugly head. Proverbs 14 says, each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can fully share its joy. Then we have the prosecuting attorneys. Yes, those that keep records of old cases. You ask leading questions. You badger the witness until you feel justice has been served. Maybe that's you. A lot of melancholy struggle with being the prosecuting attorney. Proverbs 23 says, Avoid a f- uh, avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. Proverbs 10, 19 says, Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Let's just say that together, shall we? Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. So easy to say, so hard to do. Now, there's some consequences to anger. Some of these are obvious. Some we might not have thought of before. But one is the fact that it will just cause a spiritual blindness in your life. Ephesians 4.26 says, and don't sin by letting anger control you because that's what happens, right? 
Anger comes in, it's strong enough. It doesn't, it, you don't control it, it controls you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. When you are mad, you can't see straight. You can't make wise decisions. And that's why every wise person in the world will always say, don't make a decision if you're angry. Calm down, sleep on it, be sensible. When anger hits, sensibility leaves. Number two, it blocks God's forgiveness. Now we teach this and I've taught this over and over again, Matthew 6, 15, where Jesus says, hey guys, if you don't forgive each other, I'm not gonna forgive you. And we all need God's grace. We all need God's forgiveness. Number three, it affects my prayers. Now this is one that might not be as obvious. I've read this, I've read this scripture a lot through the years and until Rebecca and I had uh, actually started doing marriage seminars, uh, it just brought on a whole new meaning. First Peter 3, 7 says in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are. Understand, physically she's weaker. And so you don't need to pick on her. You don't need to be mean to her, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of a new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. If you have prayers that are unanswered in your life, we need to ask, how are we treating our spouse? And this goes both ways. How are we treating our wives? How are we treating our husbands? If we're mean to them, if we're talking bad to them, then it hinders our prayer life. We don't want anything to do that. There's no argument. There's no disagreement that is worth having God say, you know what? I'm not gonna listen to you right now because you're being so ornery to each other. So be nice. Number four, toxic to all my relationships. Okay, just, you just become toxic. Angry, bitter, resentful people don't make uh, very good friends. They don't. You never hear somebody go, those guys are ticked off all the time. Let's go hang out with them. They're so bitter. They're, I just want to curl up next to them. No, it repels relationships. And this is something that you might need to ask yourself. If you have a hard time making friends or keeping friends, you might ask yourself, am I an angry person? Am I a bitter person? Am I a critical person? Am I a judgmental person? When we have conversations, are we, are we being critical of others because that, that critical spirit comes out through our anger? And if so, just be honest with yourself and say, how can I fix that? And we'll talk about that in a second. Our offerings are not acceptable. We just read about that in Matthew 5, 23. And number six, it will change your personality and attitude. Somebody that just holds on to anger all the time because it is progressive, it changes who they are. I mean, how many times have you had conversations where you've been with your spouse or a friend and you've been like, you know, I, I, I really used to enjoy that person, but they're just not the same. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know what, what, what went on in their life that is just made in this way, but they're not very fun to be around anymore. A guy named Asaph in the book of Psalms wrote this song about his feelings and about him trying to deal with his anger. It says in verse one, truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone for I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. So Asaph got really mad because he saw bad people doing well. 
and it, it became malignant in him. He got so angry that it changed who he was. And then in verse 21, it says, then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside because that's what anger does. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. When somebody gets super angry and they're just talking all the time and, and angry all the time, they can come off as an angry animal. They do. Now, here's the thing. What we have to be very careful of is filling our minds with things that are going to tick us off. And we can make choices, especially with media, especially with what's on the radio and on the television and what we read. If something makes you angry, stop watching it. Because we already established that that anger is not gonna change the situation. You're watching the news, you see something, it may be against your very moral fiber and you become so angry and so mad and then you start telling everybody about it and guess what? You're not gonna change it with that anger. You can change it with prayer. We would all be way better off if we'd be more selective about what we listen to and what we, uh, what we watch, what we read. It's just not worth it. There's nothing out there worth allowing ourselves to become a, a constantly angry person. Uh, number seven, it leads me away from God. You can't be angry and close to God. You just can't. It's a deadly emotion. It's a dangerous emotion. And you just can't allow yourself to be vulnerable to the Lord if you're angry all the time. Number eight, it destroys your health, doesn't it? It just does. Uncontrolled anger will eventually affect, your, affect you physically. Physically, you may get ulcers. You may get acid reflux. It can, it can mess with your physical strength. It, anger just wears you out. You just come home all tired. Why are you tired? You didn't even work today. Well, I just watched Fox News all day. I was angry. Or I watched CNN, whatever ticks you off. I mean, I just got angry. Why? There's such so much more to life. So much more to life. So what do we do? Colossians 3.8 says, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. It's just best to get rid of it. And this is how we can. Number one, bind the spirit of anger. Did you know that there is a demon out there and his specialty is anger and he loves to just launch assaults against you? He loves to make you mad because he knows anger is a destructive thing that happens within your life. He loves that. So we need to bind that spirit. Scripture says, bind that spirit in Jesus' name. Bind it every day. And for some of us, we need to bind it every hour. <laughs> for a while, we need to bind it uh, every minute. Bind up the spirit of anger so it, it can't affect you. Number two, admit you're struggling. You need, do you know how therapeutic it is for me to be able to get up and tell you guys, it's just like this public confession of, of how angry I've been. And what I do to mad motorists, that's, that's, that's extremely therapeutic. <laughs> we need to just come clean with the fact that, hey, we're angry with this person or we're angry with this situation. Talk it out. Talk it out in a healthy way. Because the thing is, is that the devil loves to hide in the shadows. But when you pull that thing into the light, it tends to lose its power. Number three, Ask yourself who you need to forgive. Who do you need to forgive? Is it a person? Is it a situation? Now you might say, forgive a situation? Well, that's kind of weird. 
Hey, forgiveness is a beautiful antidote to anger. It's like a fire hose. Forgiveness is a fire hose to the emotion of anger. And when you forgive others willingly and you forgive situations willingly, it changes who you are in a good way. Number three, uh, sorry, no, oh, oh, sorry. Luke uh, chapter six, verse 27 says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Number four, remember how God has forgiven you. Man, he's forgiven us a lot. The Bible says as far as the East is from the West, that's how much he's forgiven us. And notice he doesn't say from the North to the South because he understands from the East to the West, if you head East, you're always gonna be heading East. If you head West, you're always gonna be heading West. If you head North, you're eventually gonna get to the North Pole and then you're gonna start coming down the other side and you're gonna start heading South again. He used that illustration for a reason. It's because he says it's infinite. It's infinite how much he's forgiven us. And if he's forgiven us so much, how can we then hold things against others? Number five, make it right. Make it right. Go, go to the person that you hurt and just say you're sorry. Go to the person that you hurt and just say, I was wrong, I blew it. Oh man, you could be release, releasing them from so much weight. You could set somebody free from their anger just by going to them and saying, I'm sorry, and I was wrong. Hold accountable those people that have hurt you. It's okay to hold them accountable. It's, you need to do that. You need to go to them and say, look, I, you hurt my feelings. What you said, it just, it hurt me. Most likely that person didn't even know they hurt your feelings. They just were in their own world. They didn't even get it. That happens so often. We're so mad at a person and they don't even know why. So go to them. Do whatever you can to be at peace with others, according to scripture. Now, some of these people, they're dead and gone, right? They, they're, you don't even know where they are. So write them a letter. Write them a letter that you never send. Tell them how they hurt you. Then forgive them. And then just throw that letter away. So let's stand together this morning. Let's just do a little spiritual therapy. <laughs> with each other. If you close your eyes with me and whatever it is that has made you so angry over the last year, just bring it to mind. It may be a person, it may be a situation. It may be, it may be the shutdowns, it may be COVID, it may be it may be something that's happened at work, something that's made you super mad. Maybe it's your health. You're just angry because you're not healthy. Or maybe it's that person that really hurts you. Just forgive them right now. Just tell them. As you're praying, in Jesus' name, I choose to forgive this person. In Jesus' name, I choose to forgive this situation. And for some, that's as easy as it is. But the truth is, is a lot of us have so much anger towards an individual that it's gonna take some time. So for you, 
Go home and write down everything that they did to you that hurt you. Get it all out. You can even pretend like they're there in front of you. Tell them what you think. Get it off your chest for one last time. And then give yourself the gift of forgiving them. It will change you. Now I want you to tell the devil that spirit of anger to leave you. You have authority to tread on serpents. That's what the Bible says. Tell him to leave in Jesus' name because that's where you get your authority. In Jesus' name, we pray that the spirit of anger would leave us. It would leave this place. That your blood anointing would just cover us and chase it away. Replace that anger with a peace that passes all understanding. And then ask the Lord to help you be more patient. Be more patient with those that you don't agree with. Ask Him to give you self control when you just need to be quiet. Oh, Lord, help us with that. (laughs) I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would transform our mind, that we would start looking at others and what we love about them and what's admirable about them instead of what we disagree with them about. People are not their sin, God. I pray in Jesus' name that you would destroy the stronghold in our mind that has caused us to think that we are what we do. And Lord, when people look at us as Christians, they would see us as an example and they would see that we're different and that they would see we're not judgy and we're not critical, but we just love. And we're eulogized one day, Lord, that every person in this room would be spoken of as a person that loved. Man, they loved others. Lord, we pray that you give us the strength. When more stuff comes forward, comes against us, whether it's people or situations, that you would help us to act in an honorable way. That we wouldn't just immediately get mad. That the Lord, you would fill us with your spirit, that your fruits would manifest in us. When difficulty comes, you would produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness goodness and self-control. We would manifest that, Jesus. Manifest that in us right now. We love you, God. We thank you, Lord God, for how much that you love us. Help us now as we go from this place. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you have just prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you need prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church or you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again and we hope to see you next week in person or online.